You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Match either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that you will find a way to enjoy the holiday season, even though Boris canceled Christmas and Mike Dean refereed our match. And though we may not have points to actually cheer about coming out of the Man City game, there are some things I think that we can celebrate, and hopefully we find a way to do that to make the best of the situation that we are in. And joining me to do that this week is Jay Grant, who runs the Southampton page, the official partner page of the show. If you don't already follow Jay in the Southampton page on Twitter, please do that. It is at Southampton page. The links are in the show notes as usual. Um, But we're basically going to walk through the Manchester City game and uh, that's that's it. So we'll, we'll answer your questions. We'll do all that. And uh, this will be the last you hear from us before Christmas. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope that you all have someone around you that you can celebrate with, uh, even though it's definitely different from how we would all like it to be and how it normally is. But, um, you know, all that considered, I hope that you are safe and well. And um, thanks for your support here. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jay from the Southampton page, the uh, the official and the first partner of the show. Uh, Jay, welcome back. How are you? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, been been a bit of a weird weird weekend. Um, and I'm just going to start with a, a question. Um, you could either have Christmas canceled every year, or you could have Mike Dean referee every match. Which one would you pick? You got to choose one. <laughs> Uh, that's a tough. I'd, um, that's quite a tough one. I, I'd actually, I'd have to as well, because I like the food. I'm gonna have to say Mike Dean. Okay. Well, at least at least you still get to see the matches happen, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll take that. Um, but I wasn't sure what I was more disappointed with yesterday. Waking up is checking Twitter, seeing, uh, seeing that Mike Dean was indeed in charge of the match, or hearing that uh, basically, uh, Boris had canceled Christmas. Um, which in, to be fair in the United States, it's, we're, we're under the same thing in California. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get through it. The good news is, is I, uh, you know, I should be awake for the boxing day fixture instead of kind of still awake from the night before. So, uh, that, that'll be nice. But, um, anyway, th- this is the, going to be the last regular episode of, of the year, uh, next week on, on Tuesday, whatever, whatever the date is, I don't know, um, will be the Dean Hammond interview that we did uh, in conjunction with uh, Saints Archive. So that'll be the the second total recall that'll be out. So that'll come out. But uh, so there won't be any questions or anything. But this week we're we're here to talk about obviously uh, the city match and you know definitely not the result we wanted. But we'll we'll, we'll get into all that. And um, yeah, I just wanted to. I'm just I'm glad you're doing okay. I mean, we've been talking for a little while beforehand, and and given the circumstances, I I, I know it's not not really a. Not not the best of times, but but you're doing all right, and um, I'm glad that makes me happy. So, um, yeah. So, uh, if you don't mind, let's just I guess jump into the uh, jump into the match, unless you uh, want to talk more about Christmas being canceled. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, I mean, obviously, losing to Manchester City is not the worst thing in the world. But um, let's let's start with um, I guess your initial reaction. Because I think there were two kind of there were two reactions online. It seemed like, and it was either you were happy with the performance and you know disappointed we didn't get a result, or you were 
you know, you were somehow angry because we lost at home. But I think most people tended tended towards the we put in a good performance. Um, we're worried about Danny Ings, and we played pretty well without creating a number of, of clear cut opportunities. But um, but we're actually we're okay, and I'm not sure kind of where you fall on that spectrum somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I I was happy with the performance. It was just I said it was a lot of it was to do with the decisions in the game, and like I said the Danny. I mean, seeing Danny going off injured is always a worry for me anyway. And the yeah, it was it was. <laughs> It's hard to be too critical because we've been doing so well and, and as we know, Man City is a good side. But it's just one of them maybe where if a chance would have fell for us, like the Redmond's chance, maybe it could have been more than a defeat. We could have got at least a point out of it. And I think that's what I think we could have deserved at least that game. Yeah. I think had we gotten a draw out of it, it would have been fair. But I do think there are some good things to, to take from it. But obviously the Danny Ings thing is, is the most worrying uh, of everything. And if if we kind of just start with the lineup that's there, we played three games in the space of a week. The the team unchanged from Sunday to Wednesday, right? And then just the one change uh, coming into to this game. You know, I was kind of looking down the 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 lineup, and you know, Theo's there, Ings is there, and those guys being, I mean, Ings given Ings's hit injury history, and then given his. Uh, Given Theo's age, I was kind of worried if they could, if they, if those two specifically could do it. Um, but you know, then Ings did come off the bench uh, earlier in the week, and so he, he's working himself back. But um, I mean, what was there any concern for you with the lineup that, that Ralph put out? I mean, we know he doesn't really like to rotate, and it, it's it's one of the things. If if we've been critical of Ralph at all, it's been the the use of other people <laughs> other than the people that uh, you know he tends to to name in the starting starting lineup, but. Um, you know, were you were you at all concerned with the fact that he 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 left so many players in there that had been playing you know so many minutes this week? Um, well, I mean, first of all, Romay was always a dodgy one because we knew he was one yellow card away from suspension, and it was one of them where if we were going to bring in Diallo, did we bring him in against Man City? But then everyone, like I said there was people on Twitter saying if we we needed Romay still because of how tough the Man City game would be and then obviously with Ings it was I think the thing is with me with Ings is I, I was mixed obviously I wanted him to start but then in the back of my mind it was telling me he's done three games and this will be his third game of the week and he'll get he might get an injury I did think it and I didn't want to say jinx him or anything but it was one of them and I think the, the question is if it wouldn't have been I think Ralph said this in the conference after had it not been Man City, he may well have left him out. But that's the thing. Should he maybe left him out against Arsenal in midweek if he was going to definitely start him in this game yesterday with the risk of a, an injury potentially? Yeah, and I don't know. I think if you... Part of me thinks, you know, you think back to last year on Boxing Day where we, we were just worried. If Ings wasn't in the lineup, we weren't sure we were going to score. And so we had to have him in. And when are you going to set him... We sit him on Boxing Day, we score goals, we win the game. We're not definitely not better without him, but we've seen that we can actually, you know, play with teams even without him in the lineup. And so I wasn't sure. And, and I and I want to trust Ralph and I want to believe in his judgment. And I want to know that he's not just going like, yes, I'm picking this guy. Um, and that he's looking at the at the data and, and, and looking at their recovery and things. But it is, it it's always a worry. And that's one of the things like with things with his history, you just worry about him getting injured and um I don't know, man. It, it, I, I guess the, the the good part of it is is as soon as Ings went down, they pulled him off, and it's probably a decision between Ings and the medical staff and everything else that hey, this is we're not gonna we're not gonna risk this further. Um, if he has to miss a game, I guess Fulham isn't the worst game, you know. Like we can <laughs> hopefully, like fingers crossed, I've now jinxed it uh, that we we can get through this. Um, and and yeah, but uh, and then I guess also with with Romeo, I mean, if he's going to miss a game, if if Diallo's going to come in and play, I'd rather have him play against Fulham than against uh, than against Man City. You know, I don't want to to risk his confidence mostly uh, coming in to play against Manchester City, who could very well tear us apart and didn't. Um, I I was super impressed with the performance yesterday, even though we didn't uh, you know we didn't get a win. And we've seen Saints do a lot of things. We've seen them play ugly, uh, you know, and, and win against Brighton. We've seen them play really really well. Uh, and we've played like decently and, and gotten a draw and then we played really well and, and lost. But 
uh, or at least decently in loss. We'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk about that, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be some, some changes going forward uh, for that, that, that match. And I think, I think uh, most of the team will stay the same probably for Fulham. And then we'll probably see a little bit of rotation after that because we have uh, kind of a full week and then, uh, and then some games in quick succession. But anyway, um, let's, let's get into, to, to the match itself. Um, and we kind of talked about a, a lot of things and Mike Dean is in charge um, and he likes to let everybody know that. Um, but the game started pretty brightly. I think for both sides, there was a lot of pressing. Uh, it's kind of a back and forth and then city kind of, uh, let me yell at the children one more time. I would say that the start of the game um, was bright from both teams. There's a lot of pressing. Uh, you know, we're, it was very clear that both sides were going to come and try to play the the game that their managers would have wanted, and that was. I think that's 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 how Saints have been going recently, where Ralph hasn't changed game plans. He didn't go to a back five and say we're going to sit deep and and do this. I thought Saints did really well, and I thought they had they had keyed in on a couple of players. It seemed to be um, when there was a chance to press. I think uh, maybe when Rodri got the ball, uh, the Saints seemed to go and press really hard, um, and and they would just wait for the, those triggers. and And I think that's a, a, another sign of of Saints being really well drilled under Ralph and stuff like that. Um, but of course city are going to grow into the game city are going to have possession. They want to have possession at home or away. Um, and they haven't been scoring as many goals, but they, they did start to build into it. Um, and then they, they did wind up getting a, a goal that was ruled out for offside from a set piece. Um, but I mean, how were you worried at all when you, when you see the start of the game and you wonder, you know, how long does this last until, you know, city, City tear us apart, or were you at all worried about that? Thing is, that's what City are good at. When obviously we normally try and start quite fast, and we did that for a little bit, and then City, which the commentators made the point of, and it slightly irritated me. But I said, I thought City are always like that. They do that to teams. Once they start to get into their flow, they are. I mean, that's why they're one of the best teams in the league. I mean, they might not show it on the league right now, but if you get all the once you get Kevin De Bruyne, the Sterling them sort of players working together, they do become quite hard to defend against. So it was going to be a bit of a back-to-wall job. And I was worried that they might, if they did get a couple of goals early, then that might have been at the end for us. Yeah. And, I mean, the the game itself was fairly even. There was a, a period of time where we were sat pretty deep and, and, and we couldn't kind of get out. But, but then we also had some chances. And I think Ings had a chance that was blocked early. Um, and I want to say that, that Vestergaard, that, that ball from Vestergaard to, to Kyle Walker Peters, um, which has been a, a revelation this season, his, his long passing has been fantastic. And that was kind of the ball for us for a while that was creating some chances. Um, and city adjusted to that and, and we had to adjust as well. But if we talk about their goal, you know, I was initially watching it first time, a little bit critical of the communication between Bertrand and Vestergaard. Um, but then afterwards you, you see some of the replays and you see how high Janepo is and he's kind of just there. He's not pressing. He's kind of just caught and they just bypass him. And then it leaves basically a three on one for Bertrand until it's a three on two for Vestigard. And, and, um, you know, Adam Leach was talking on the final whistle podcast and, and Dean Hammond as well that, you know, city are still world-class players. They still are full of, of a team of world-class players. And if you, they are going to exploit little mistakes like that. And they did. So maybe we were a bit naive. Maybe we, we just missed the trigger uh, for pressing and we didn't drop off. And, and that's, you know, we're going to make mistakes. No, we're not, we're not expecting anybody to play a perfect game. And, and I think that's just kind of what happened there. And we have to give them credit. Um, and, you know, sometimes Raheem Sterling misses those chances, but he, he managed to, uh, to, to convert that one. And it was a good, it was a, just a good move from them, I think. Yeah. And like Dean Hammond said on the, on the podcast, that. City have always been, even if they've not been on the best of forms, they've got them players that can change a game for them. And like I said, I, I was with, with you on that, but everyone was pretty critical on Bertrand and that. And the thing is with Gineppo is he's still, for me, still in that learning process. So probably it's one of them. Added, and I was actually thinking, of this before the game, that Redmond might have started. So he may have had Redmond in front of him rather than Gineppo, but obviously Ralph went with 
Yeah, and I I was with you there. And, and Janepo is he's kind of the wild card. Like he can create a lot. Um, he's created more chances off of uh, off of a dribble, beat more players than anybody else on our team. Um, but I sometimes I think that the the relationship between Bertrand and Janepo doesn't isn't quite the same. Um, and and Redmond, to be fair, looked good the previous two matches. And when he came on yesterday, um, had a bit of a nightmare. But we'll we'll come to that uh, later. But you know, Janepo is young. He is, he's out there and he's, he's, he's going to have to learn and he's got to learn in a, in a tough situation here. And if Ralph is going to put his trust in him, there's very little reason for me to, to, to question that so far, even if, you know, we look, it's easy to look back on the results and say, Hey, you know, that didn't work. And that's, that's why, but it's, it's tough to, to say to Ralph, you know, start Redmond because Redmond hasn't been up to it. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't had the best of seasons. Um, although I did appreciate at some point on our commentary here, because they have this the 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 pitch you know, microphones all around, you could hear Ralph when it was time for Redmond to come on, saying "Ready, ready, get ready," which was which was great. Um, uh, just because I I like hearing the coach say things. Um, I don't know that may probably makes me. Uh, you don't have to. It doesn't take much to impress me, obviously. Um, but anyway, um, let's let's come on to to one of the big decisions. Is yeah, there were a couple of of chances yesterday where. VAR could have gotten involved. It didn't. Um, we all know Mike Dean, over 3,000 yellow cards, over 100 red cards. Um, he did wind up booking Oreo Romero, so we'll miss him next week, but we'll come to that. Um, so, I mean, let, let's. I guess let's talk about the Ings chance because we didn't really create very many clear chances, but when we, we do have that ball put into the area and Ings is going for it, he is obviously appealing for a high boot and he's being, you know, but but what, what is your thought on that initially? I, I yelled at the TV initially because I thought it was a penalty, but what about what about you? Yeah, well, yeah, I was the same as you. I looked at it straight away, thought penalty. Um, when you put... The thing is, when you put the, boot, the player puts your boot up that high against the players, but you would... They normally do, as normally say, it's a foul. So it was a bit of a weird one, but my first view, and I'm, I think... I, I looked at it again after, and I still think it was a penalty. I, but it seems to me that the VAR looked at it for one second and was like, nah, moved on. That's how it feels to me. I, I mean, they might have looked at it properly. I don't know. But for me, it looked like it was a rush, quick look at it, and they went, no, it wasn't that dangerous, moved on. But I thought it was like a blatant penalty to me, but that's my view. Yeah, well, I mean, and we are Saints fans, so probably a little bit biased, and that's okay. But... I think it's maybe looking back on it, one of those ones where if Dean gives it initially, it's not going to, it's probably not getting turned over, but because he doesn't give it, it's probably also not getting turned over. And I could be completely wrong. And we were talking about this, uh, off the record before, but like the, uh, kind of feel like certain referees are less likely to change their mind. Um, and I feel like Mike Dean's that way. I could be completely wrong. I, there could be several instances where he's overturned or VARs overturned his decisions, but you know, he seems like the kind of guy who says like, I made a decision and that's what it is. Um, and that's probably unfair on him, but, um, you know, whatever. I, I'm not going to really apologize. I, I, I think that that was, there, there was a definite chance there. And, and even if he's, even if things isn't, you know, he, he does, he does still kind of have get contact on the ball, but I mean, there's a foot there that's going to, that's going to change your reaction, change the way you kind of look at things. If, that foot is coming up, even if you see it and you still say, I have to be brave and go for the ball, it's still going to alter your, your, your body shape and everything else. So I'm not, I'm not willing to say that it didn't affect um, Ings's kind of decision or, or, or the, con- the, the quality of contact he got on the ball. So I'm, I'm, I'm unwilling to, to, to give Dean credit there for that. But anyway, let's, uh, let's move on because it's just going to make me angry and it's, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't need to be that angry yet. I've already yelled at the kids, which you didn't hear on the show, but... Um, they're scared. Anyway, um, what did you make of Theo Walcott uh, in, in, in this game? Because I thought he played really well. Um, he did a good job finding space between the lines. He seemed to be um, allowing Walker Peters to get forward, but also helping out defensively and, and, and getting into positions where he could get the ball. But um, I, I think, yet again, Walcott was, was super impressive in whatever role we deployed him. Yeah, I mean, I ever since Walcott's come back, the club. I mean, I've just been excited. I mean, probably too excited. But every time I see him play, I just, for me, I just see him just improve. And I, I think he's 
really surprised a lot of people. Because a lot of people, I remember when he was signing, people said, why was he signing him? He's too old. He's going to stop the development of Nathan Teller. He's going to, do you know what I mean? There was so, not, not everyone. I mean, most people were happy with that and were supportive. But there was a lot of, a little bit of negativity towards him because of his age and thinking that's not Ralph's club. But since he's come in, I think he's actually made us kick. And I think he's, every role he's done, like when he had to replace things while he was out, I think he's always done well. And, and for me, when he's on the wing, he always looks good. And he's, and obviously the pace, you wouldn't think of his age, but with that pace that he's got, he's still got enough pace to get in defenders. So I think he's just been perfect coming back. Yeah. And, and I thought that once, once City scored, the team kind of stepped up. The team played uh, a lot better, and that's that's something that we haven't always seen from from Saints. We've seen us kind of collapse at times, but um, I think we kind of were there, kind of going toe to toe with them. And I thought that was um, that meant a lot, I think, to to the team. But um, from the time that City scored until halftime, we they had more possession, but we had. We had seven shots in that period, that, and and I would I would say that if you're looking at at us during that time, we were we were fairly dominant. You know, we were we were we were pushing them back. We were creating some chances, and they were they were half chances. They weren't they weren't clear cut, but we did have we did we were in the game, right? And I think that was super impressive. And Walcott played a big part in that. The, the only other thing that was kind of concerning to me is is, is at some point both Romeo and Ward Prowse were booked kind of late in that half. Um, which means Romeo misses the next match, and it just meant that both midfielders were on yellow cards, which I didn't like, but um, it didn't really change the way we played. And then, of course, Ings goes down injured, and we, we kind of talked about it already, but uh, Ralph made the decision to to bring on Tella instead of, you know, you, you, look at the, you look at the bench and you think, well, you know, Redmond's probably going to come on for Walcott, or maybe Janapo goes over to, to the right side, Redmond comes in on the left, or Armstrong comes in, or whatever it is. But instead, he goes with Nathan Tella, and that that's that's a big call from him. And you know, Tella did play up top for a while. He got out wide. He put in a couple of crosses. But um, you know what? I mean, I guess that shows that that you know the 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 playbook or whatever you want to call it is being taught all the way down through. And and Ralph has given given credit to to the young guys, and then he brings them in here to to actually give him a chance to say, "Here it is." And um, I don't want to say Tella was brilliant, but you know, I, I would say that he he, I guess he kind of held his own for for much of the game. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Ralph's always said he's not afraid to give people debuts or bring them on when. I mean, he's he's played. I thought when Tella came on, he did okay, and I think he's still got a lot of progress. I mean, he was he he got a hat trick on last week. I think against was it last week against the less less. I might be wrong, saying so. You, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he got a hat trick last week for the B team, and he looked really well. He played really well in that game, and I think why not? I mean, if he's ready and, and has to, he's got faith in him, then I don't see a problem with it. The more, and the thing is for us, he's always said he would bring in whoever, and I think more, more for it, more we have better, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, his overall rating was just under a six, so not not spectacular by any means, but. Um... I don't know. He came in. He, he was asked to do a lot, and I don't know. I'm not exactly sure why he came in and played centrally initially. Um, but once again, that's that's a decision I wasn't really sure. I, I figured that that Walcott would go central because we've seen that in the past, but um, didn't happen. And maybe you know, maybe 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 Tella won't get the be the first one off the bench next time in, in that instance. Um, and we'll come to what we think is going to happen at the Fulham match uh, in, in a little bit. But going into halftime, one nil down was probably just about fair. Uh, we did have a couple of chances that we, you know, hopefully would have converted. I think thinking back, Vestergaard had a couple of headers that were, were there. He was getting open on corners and free kicks. And there was a chance where he was basically free and just stooped underneath the ball and headed it over. And I think that that's the, that's the chance. And then the Adams chance was actually probably the best chance of the game where he didn't get to the header at the, at the back post. But um, I don't know. It's tough to, tough to be really, really critical of the, of the team there um and and i think in the second half i thought i just have written here theo is an example of exactly how you should play the game he was tracking back he was everywhere he was chasing balls down the alley he was doing everything that you ask um putting in tackles and i just thought like that that's if, if you're gonna if you're a young player 
and you're watching the game, this is the person you want to to kind of model yourself after. This is exactly what you should be doing. And that's an example to the Tella and in Lindelou and to Janebo and Redmond as well. Like if you're gonna if you want to play, you have to you have to you have to outwork me and you have to come and you're gonna have to take the spot from me because I'm not here just to to be here. Right. And I think that to me is is uh, something that I've I've truly enjoyed about him because I wasn't convinced about him when he when he first came in I wasn't sure that was the the right move but I've been I've been proven wrong I think uh, through that so um, I, I just thought that when when we look at City through portions of that second half and they were we were completely inside their half including both center backs and they were sitting with with basically ten or eleven men behind the ball and defending against us that's something that I'm not sure I would have seen us do or nor expected us to do um not even under ralph but let alone like under puel or pellegrino or hughes or anybody else right like so i think the team has got a respect from other teams from 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 city to united to you know chelsea and arsenal i think they all look at us and they they go like we're not not that we're in trouble but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really play well if we want to get anything from from this match and i think that's that's something that i can be proud of even though we couldn't come away with a win yeah, and, uh, and the thing is, we I've, I've noticed a lot of comments from different managers have said how well we're doing. And, and I think this season, I, so I don't like to put too much targets on us, but I think we've got the look of the team that should be down for Europe. Like the best, as they call it, the best of the rest. I mean, I like where we are at the moment. And there's still a lot of games to come. And obviously, if we get injuries, it makes it tougher for us. But I don't see why not this season. We can make of this the season we get back into Europe. We've done it before. So I no, I think if we just carry on the way we're going, I don't see why we can't end the season on a high in May. Yeah, I I think there's a, there's absolutely every chance that we could do that. Um, and you know, looking at you know, we won against Manchester City at home last season. Um, but if you look kind of at the way we we created about the same number of chances we did this year as last year, we were better defensively this year versus last year. Um. And if, I think if you just look at at stats, you know, going and not the stats are everything, but I think if you look at um, possession, it was it was more even uh, this time. Chances uh, more even uh, than than last time. Um, XG was more even. Shots were more even. Everything was was uh, this wasn't a one sided affair that you know where we got battered one nil versus last year. City had twenty six shots in this in this fixture last year, but we managed to win. Um, and so, you know, you look and, and I would say that the only, the only real, the only real thing that I worry about is, is us just not creating really clear cut chances. Um, and, and, you know, it's just what happens. And, um, you know, it, looking also at this is you look at, um, how, how much both teams pressed each other, which I thought, you know, we were basically just, we we got to witness a really good game of football i guess and and i think neutral fans would have would have enjoyed it and you know i would have very much enjoyed it had <laughs> had my team not been losing one nil you know and mike dean not been the referee but other than that like i'm, I'm totally fine yeah and, and to be fair is edison i mean he's a clever goalkeeper and i thought he's really i mean some some of the things that i kept saying thinking look if we keep running at him he's going to make a mistake but every time we felt to go up to him he would manage to get the ball either away from us we'd pass it quickly but it seems that he doesn't have any fear you look at him he's just like and I said you think he's defending the way he plays at the back eh? like literally so and I think sometimes you just get them days you normally get them days when you think one chance we can do and it just and then and in the end City um, you probably know towards the second end of the second half City just come a but not part I don't know part of the bus is the right word, but they seem to their defence just seemed to go solid and it was quite hard. And obviously we had a couple of youngsters up front we took off obviously Ing and we took off Che obviously because of probably looking ahead to Boxing Day and all that sort of thing. So it was in the end City eventually managed to shut us down, didn't they really, I think. Yeah, and and once again, City are you know, one of those teams where they are, they're very good and they're, they're going to do this sort of thing. Uh, I want to say they allowed a goal against West Brom, but I think it was an own goal and going back, I don't think anybody has scored against them since Liverpool. So in the league, so they, they are a very good team and they've been better defensively. We didn't score against them. Like, you know, Oh, well, uh, last year, I think we had to score from what, like 45 yards. Is that what it was? You know? So like, it's because 
because Ederson was indeed playing midfield that day instead of <laughs> instead of goalie. Uh, but you know that that's just kind of how it goes. But um, at the end of the day, I think you know if you if you watch the reaction that that Ralph and Pep had at the end of the match, you know nobody was uh, it was different than last year where they were kind of yelling at each other and, and doing that, and Pep was super angry. Um, but this year, and maybe it was just Pep's a sore loser, but they they both seem to say you know good game, well done, all that stuff. Like the, the, the teams went out and they played. Everybody played their game. They made little tactical adjustments throughout. Um, and really, I just don't think you can complain uh, too much. I do want to point out, though, um, we should have had a, a one more shot, but Redman just, right when he came on the pitch, you were hoping, um, you know, you were really hoping that something was going to happen, but he just, the swing and a miss uh, as the ball coming across him was was pretty bad. Um, and looks like something that I would have seen had I been playing on Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, and you feel bad for him because he just had a couple of, of nightmare touches coming into the game. And you think like if he's in the game for a little bit longer, you know, does he does he do better? And you, you hope he does. Um, but I, I, I feel for him because this is, you know, he's not had a great season. He's lost his starting spot. And and then he comes in and has that happen. And it's got to be. You know, even with only 2,000 fans in there, it doesn't, you know, you, you do that a couple of times and people are going to get on your back. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I've, 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 I've been a, a big fan of Redmond, to be fair, but it's, it's tough for him. He's, he's adding, like, he's adding three to come out of the team. And so I think there's a, a, and it's always silly when people say this, but he needs just a little bit of confidence. It seems if he would have started the game, like you said, maybe he would have, Probably gone on and finished that, and probably would have got more. Because I thought he wasn't part of the game personally, so and maybe he'll start against Fulham and probably prove everyone wrong and have a worldie. But it's it's like I said, it's getting that confidence, and we need and we need our players to be on top form if we want to have a good end. To the, obviously, there will be some games that we'll need players to step up if injuries isn't about, and that's as then he's the sort of player we need to be like that. I think we need him to earn his spot back, and I think we need it not like. Not like we have to make him earn a spot back, but I think the team will be better when he earns a spot back. Because I still think that Nathan Redman, in form, I would take that over Janapo on the left. Um, and I'm not... At, at this point, though, I think Walcott should start. But I also think that it's probably Armstrong on the right and Walcott on the left. And Armstrong's been a little bit off, so maybe if, if Redman's in form, then you, you have Redman on the left and Walcott on the right. But I think... An informed Nathan Redmond offers us a lot, and he's but he just hasn't been informed for for so long now that you can't. I, I guess I don't expect him to be informed. I don't expect him to put those chances away yet because I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. From, I don't see it from him, and that's that's it, it's part of what happens, and and he'll have to you know play his way out of it, I guess. But um, you know maybe we will see we will see him get to start against Fulham. We'll have to see how training goes and all that stuff. Um, now, but I, I think. The only other, the only other thing we could have talked about was uh, there were two handball decisions that uh, neither one went our way. Uh, one was in the box, could have been called for a penalty. I think the players appealed for it. I think uh, you know Mike Dean waved it off, and then where it clearly did hit a hand or an arm or an elbow or something. Um, and then you have Kyle Walker Peters trapping a ball with his chest, with his shoulder maybe, but uh, it being called for a handball, and that was. You know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but but Mike Dean really, I was I was not happy with with those decisions because it it seemed like he was swayed a little bit by the fact that that the the city players called for one and got it, and then when the Southampton players called for one, they didn't get it. And I don't know if Mike Dean realizes that we were indeed inside the top four at this point, so like we're supposed to be getting those decisions if anybody is right. Like, isn't that how it works? Oh yeah, of course, and. Um... Yeah, I mean, and the handball rule has been controversial all season. I mean, there's been a couple of decisions. Like for James, obviously, it was, he, his jump was a little bit awkward, but he's had decisions against him. For his hand. Like I said, the one with Carl Walker-Peters when he jumped up, I mean, it probably was a handball. But then, like I said, then there was an incident for us, and it was like, well, you need to be a bit consistent. And like I said, Mike Dean's all, always known for being a bit of a... I don't know what it is. I don't know what well sort of saying it in the most polite way. It seems like he likes to make himself sell the uh the, yeah <laughs> the main man, I suppose. Is that the right word? Make himself the man of the 
Yeah, no, he likes to be the star. He likes to be, he likes to make sure people know he is refereeing, which is not role. Yeah, yeah, uh, not not what you want. Also, if you hear kids in the background, those are kids. That's that's what they do. They make noise. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll drown it out, um, or I'll snap and yell, and then that'll be great too. Uh, which is what I wanted to do at Mike Dean yesterday, uh, but that's okay. And I will say, I tried to get the kids to spend the night the night before my nieces. I tried to get them to spend the night so they would have woken up on on the morning of the match because then I don't care. Um, but instead I was overruled and we have morning of podcasts, which is not ever when I want the kids to be at my house. Um, anyway, one second. Well, let's get into some questions uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll move forward. So, uh, Stephen Brandt, one of the patrons of the show, just so everybody knows, patrons have priority for having their questions answered on the show each and every week. Uh, they also have access to a private Discord channel, which is just patrons. And then uh, the $5 a month patrons get extra episodes of the podcast each month. And um, they will, there will be a couple of bonus episodes because we had one during the midweek match for Arsenal. And we'll have one for the Fulham match and then for the West Ham match as well. Um, so, if you're a patron, you get those. If you're not a patron, Obviously, uh, you don't. But Stephen Brandt says this. Um, how does it feel to go into the match knowing or go into a match knowing that most of the league is now having to play up to you? I.e., you know, we're in the European places. We are above them in the table. But also, I'm going to add this, that our form is and our, our system is working in such a way that other teams have to come in and adjust to us instead of the other way around. And I guess to you, I mean, how big of a change is that to you, given what we've been through? You know, I guess I want to say since Kuman left, probably. Yeah, well, it's funny. Everyone mentions about Kuhn, but all the media seems to mention is the fact that we lost a game in October by a certain amount of number, and that's the change everyone goes for. But I lost it out. That's another story, anyways. But, but no, I just think we, I think we, we're back to that sort of human sort of look about our side. We've got that. We've got a manager which I, I've never thought. Well, I mean, when we first took over, I mean, it was maybe. His anniversary was two years ago, a couple of weeks back, so, and I never thought we would get the football back. So we've seen one, we've had to deal with Pellegrino, no kill, Mark Hughes, that sort of football. And to see us how we are now, it's, it's, we look like a force again, and that's all the fans want, isn't it? And I think enjoy this run while it lasts and enjoy Ralph while it lasts. Obviously, everything doesn't last forever. Right, right. But that's not over. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, the biggest thing is that we are respected now in the league. Nobody is coming to St. Mary's, nor do we arrive at other at other places and, and teams go like, you know, it's just Southampton, right? Like nobody's saying that right now. No, I don't think I don't think teams want to play us. I think teams look at the way we press and I we are probably the most high pressing team in the league uh, at this point. I mean, and Liverpool have backed off a little bit. City have backed off a little bit. but if you have players who are who are at all vulnerable on the ball, we're going to take advantage of that. And we seem to have figured out a little bit, Vestergaard figured out how to jump, which is nice, um, because now even when teams try to play over the top or play up to a forward, we have somebody there battling with them. And when you think back to the Everton match, Dominic Calvert-Lewin was, was uh, he was hardly even there in, in the match, which we just completely took him out of the game, which I was, was really impressed with. Um, and, you know, the, just the team is is playing in such a way that um, it's, it's, it's nice to know you walk in and you are expecting something from matches. We were expected to get a win at Arsenal. We were expecting, maybe not expecting, but we, we all felt like we had a chance to get something at, uh, against city. And we definitely did. We were right there. Um, you know, you, even the stats suggest we were, we were there. So, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with all of that. Um, let's go on and talk about Walcott a little bit because, um, I know we were talking how much you enjoy Theo and, and you were watching the team when Theo was there the first time. Um, I was not, so I don't have that connection with him, but um, you know, he's, he's still, a, he's, very, he's a very nice player. I'm enjoying watching him now. Uh, Cole Baker says with how well Walcott has been in the team so far, uh, what do you think the likelihood is of him coming on uh, permanently and the end of, at the end of the season? Uh, do you, do you expect him to, to come in at the end of the season? His contract is up. Um, at the end of June in 2021. So he's got six months left on his, on his contract. Would you take him at his age? He doesn't fit the age profile. He is currently 31. Um, and he will be 32 by the time his contract expires. 
would you, I'm given, given his form, given kind of the leadership that he has, I, I, I'm kind of leading you here, which is not great questioning, but would you take him uh, on the end of the, at the end of the season? I mean, I think you know my answer already, but I will say, <laughs> but it's, it's a no brainer for me. I mean, I look at it, there's a few ways you've got to look at it. He's, he's going to be a free transfer, so we're not giving Everton any money. Um, yes, okay, the age is, is not Ralph's normal thing, but I look at it in different ways. Because you made a point earlier, players, players can thrive off. So even if Theo's not playing, he can give them youth players, like the Nathan Tellers, Ginefos, that sort of, red, even Redmond probably, that experience and if they need to come to him for a vault, I think he'd be a good player to keep around, even if he's not playing as much. But do you look at him, how he's been playing, like you said, why would you not want to keep him around? And, and I think another, I don't know if I'd offer them a two, possibly a two-year contract. I don't know, someone said maybe a year. Or, but I think it's a no-brainer. I said he's a free transfer. And I said, I love him. So I'd keep him anyway. Probably if he played rubbish for the rest of the season. So, yeah. <laughs> There you go. So I'm easy, as, as you say, I'm probably easily, uh, what was the word? I think you saying about, but, oh, about him and Ralph, a bit like that with Theo. He's not like, easy, easy, uh, excited, I think. Yeah. Word, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much to make me excited. Um, that's, um, yeah. Which that's sounds, don't, don't, don't clip that out. Oh. That doesn't sound great. Um, no, kids are present. Now. So family podcast. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah. And, and I think I would, I think I would take him. I think I'd be okay with that because given, I, I just think the injection that he's given the team and the, the number of roles that he can play, he fills in a lot of the gaps and, you know, I don't want to build the team around him, but I also think that he can offer us a lot, especially um, because we have so many young players that we need to bring through that they need to learn from somebody who's been there, who's won trophies, who's, you know, played in Europe and, and all that stuff. And I think that's what we can, what we have with him. I have a couple of questions about Fulham, but we'll, we'll come to those in a minute. So we'll go down to some of the questions from Instagram and people can also uh, just look for the questions post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, or you can send your questions in uh, to Southampton delivery at gmail.com. Uh, or there's a contact page on the website. And I do have to apologize again because uh, Andy Dean, I did answer your question. We had an email exchange. I feel like a giant idiot. Um, but if you, if you send in a question, hopefully we'll answer it. And if not, I'll apologize unnecessarily because that's just what happens. But uh, thanks to everybody who did that. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, starting Ings versus bringing him off the bench. And I don't, I think if you look at the City match, there's, maybe this is the match that you should have rested somebody, but th- it's hard It's hard to say that lo- looking back. And if Ings doesn't get injured, maybe we don't say anything. So I, I'm, it, it's difficult there. Uh, and we kind of we covered that. Al Capone one five six kind of says like you know there's we we played we played well it didn't come off for us we talked about the Mike D decisions um and, and so we'll we'll leave that there and then there's a question here from Chillin VB uh, on Instagram and if we we kind of go through the the question's quite long but uh, one thing he says do you notice t- a trend of teams trying to expose our left side so that would be Bertrand Janepo whoever's playing over there and and for that. Uh, from my perspective, I would say that that's that has to do with with I think with Janepo playing there. Um, not that he always plays in that position, but I think Janepo is. If you look at our team, I think he's the defensive liability. He's the one that is um, most often out of out of position and leaving Bertrand exposed. And Bertrand is getting up there, right? Like if there's a there's a place we need to add some depth, it's definitely in those fullback positions. And and Bertrand does fine. I think Bertrand is pretty good. He does slow the ball down a little bit more probably than, than other people. Um, but I think if you leave him exposed uh, and, and don't give him the cover from that left-hand side, I think that is, that is what's going to happen. And um, I don't know that that's, that's it for me. I think, I think Genevo offers a lot going forward, but he's, he's unpredictable. And I think that works both for us and against us, depending on whether we're playing, uh, whether we have the ball, we're in possession or out of possession, I think. Yeah, and I would probably chuck just a little bit in the defence of Gineppo. I think Bertrand can be hot and cold and set. I mean, like I, said, I do agree. I think but Bertrand's always divided fans. So I know some fans would drop him and bring someone else in, as you said about that. Some people would have him there. I, I mean, I'm, I think he needs... I think there's one thing that he's not had for a while 
and they tried it with Matt Target and it didn't work. Competition. Bertram does not have a left back competition. I mean, Bokins is there, but he doesn't seem to be. He plays for the B team at the moment, and I think he's got a future in him, but he does, I don't think Ralph sees him ready now. So, and obviously, we've been linked with, I guess that name right, but Brandon Williams, Man United, which we've been linked with in summer. So, I, I could see him possibly coming in to, and he could play left and right, so he could probably help cover what Carl Walker Peters. Obviously, he hasn't got much cover. One injury for him, Barry, obviously, is another one. He's not getting. Right. And Ralph doesn't seem, I'll put it in a nice possible way, but he doesn't seem interested. He hasn't been on the bench, and we had nine, nine substitutes at the weekend, and he wasn't one of them. Right. So that proves to me that Ralph's not really. So I think possibly a move to Williams would be a smart idea on loan to get in depth in that sort of area. Yeah, well, and Williams can play either side as well. Um, you know, and, and I, I think for all the talk of how, how great and how much Ralph talks up the, the academy players, he's shown it up top. And Linda Luz come on a couple of times. Tella got to play. Um, we've seen Diallo in the team, and he obviously isn't an academy uh, product. But, um, you know, Smallbone was, was in and around the team for a while. And so as much as we've seen that further forward, um, defensively, especially the fullback areas, we, we haven't seen that. And, and there isn't maybe the confidence in those players. And they... I also think that the fullbacks are asked to do a lot. Um, and, you know, if I think Jack Stevens is probably the only person that's come in in recent seasons that hasn't been a fullback or hasn't been, you know, Bertrand or Kyle Walker Peters, who's played, who's looked anywhere near decent. I think every time we put somebody else in there, you think of Danzo, uh, you think of some of these other people who have slotted in at times and they didn't look good when we had, <laughs> you know, uh, James Ward Prowse playing right. Right when wing back. When Ward Prowse was like that, he was quite good, but we don't. Want, but the things we don't want Ward Prowse doing that. Right, right, right. Main like, stand in midfield. And, so and I think, that, yeah, that's why we need that depth in that area to be, so we don't have to worry about putting someone there that shouldn't be there. You get what I mean? Right, right, right. And, and I think the the difference between having Hoiberg there or or Bertrand there that that there's a huge difference in how the team plays. So. We it's going to be difficult to find somebody to to fill in that spot, but I definitely think that uh, um, you know having somebody there to compete and push and learn from Bertrand because Bertrand's not going to be able to do this. Just like Walcott won't be able to do this forever, Bertrand's not going to be able to to, to hold this up um, forever. So that kind of does that. We'll move on. Um, move on to, to a couple of questions. Looking forward to to Fulham. Uh, I did mention Hoiberg uh, just in in that position. I was just all I meant by that was. Um, Looking at players we had, that we had played in the in the fullback positions in, in times past and how the team looks different then versus having actual fullbacks that was all so I know I I, I know he's not on the team so nobody has to tell me that um, uh, he's Jose Mourinho's favorite player which I think at, at time of recording they are losing to Leicester City um, I think is that still happening it's currently two nil two nil oh no poor Jose. How will he ever recover? And, uh, oh, Alderweireld on goal. That, that makes me sad, actually. And, uh, I, you know, who, who he doesn't like. He probably doesn't like Danny Ings because he put him on a poster uh, not, not long ago. So I remember that. Anyway, um, <laughs> they can just point to the 4-0 probably and say, how about that? So anyway, we'll, we'll stop there. Uh, looking forward. Um, Ramey suspended for, for next week. In Ings, we don't know the, 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 the details about the injury yet. Um, so. Are you at all worried about about those two spots? Uh, obviously, I think Diallo is going to come in, right? Uh, for that, uh, Tab uh, says that as well. Uh, Tim Bizance, and so you know, I guess walk me through your lineup for for Fulham and and how you think that game will go. Given they do look a little bit improved, um, you know, they could put put Mitrovic up top and give us a you know try to go long and bypass the press. But what who do you think starts for us? Um, well. I think it will probably. I think obviously the goalkeeper say there might be. It's, it's a tough one on the defence. Uh, bringing in Sisalu. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, bringing in Sisalu, um, possibly in, in defence for a debut. Obviously we have Diallo in mid, and obviously it depends on what, what happens with Danny. However, I think if he is back, he may leave him on the bench. But because we've got a week, well, we got a week. We've got a 
long, anyway, we've got longer preparation for him, so he may be back. That was the hope he is. But then he's got to make a decision there. Does he do Walcott and Adams with, obviously, I, would, I think Armstrong may come back in. And then he's got to make decisions on Chineco or Redmond. So there's a cut. It's, it's tough, really. Fulham was a, Fulham's going to be, I think it's going to be a, actually quite a tough game, actually. They've come into a little bit of form. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad we're not going to, we don't have to face Lamina. So that's, Oh, what do you mean? I think that would be, give us a better chance. Um, but, show, us, show us what he's fighting for. And all yeah, that. yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously he can't play given the fact that he is uh, on loan from, from us, so he's out of the game. But, you know, who can play is Harrison Reed. Uh, and so we could see Harrison Reed against the guy who replaced him in, in, in Ibrahima Diallo. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. That, that could be an interesting um, match. But as you said, a, a week to prepare for that. Um, and then followed up very quickly by a match against uh, at, at home to West Ham, who uh, I really want to to beat. And then a short turnaround again uh, against Liverpool. So, um, you know, kind of a, still a, a, t- a tough schedule uh, a little bit. And and I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm not worried because I think we're we're a very capable team. But I am I am worried. Like that is it is just it's just kind of how it goes. Um, I'm trying That's to look. Time. Get one over them. I mean, that's a, we've uh, West Ham from one of them. They crashed us a few times at their stadium, and, and they've come to us and done quite well. So yeah, you're right. That's one of them games that I feel like if we can beat them, we literally have turned the corner. That'd be one of them games where it's another one of them where you see how far we've gone. Right. And if we can beat them, I think that'd be another. I know everyone say oh, yeah, but that's West Ham, but because of the fact how they difficult it is to play when we face them, it'd be nice to actually get a victory. Yeah, I did yeah. say short turnaround between West Ham and Liverpool, but it's just because I can't do math, so it's actually it's it's almost a week. So yeah, yeah. So t- a tough <laughs> run of fixtures, uh, and, and for us, I think still we're kind of in the middle of it. But I would expect kind of much the same team against Fulham because I think, if, at least from my perspective, you go you go there and win, and then you take West Ham as it comes because West Ham are, are also playing well. They're they're not going to be an easy team to to beat. Um, but knowing Ralph <laughs> to as much as we know about him, I can't see a, a lot of rotation from, from, I just don't think that's going to happen. The only thing that could be is, well, I mean, no, that's, that's it. We do play at 3 PM on boxing day, uh, followed by, I think it's a 6 PM kickoff against West Ham. So, um, there's not a lot of travel. It's only London and, and back. And, and so that's, that's there as well. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think, uh, we'll have much rotation. I, I, I don't see depending on the, the severity of the Ings injury, I don't really see Ings playing uh, against Fulham. Um, you could see, I, I think it would be Walcott and then probably um, Armstrong on the right and probably has to be Geneva because I don't think Redmond has earned it. Um, and I can't, I don't, I don't really foresee him starting, uh, you know, one of the, one of the young guys up there. I think that he'll bring him off them off the bench. If anything, um, and I kind of think the back line will stay the same. I, I honestly, I think maybe if we see Salisu, it'll be uh, that Shrewsbury match, which that's uh, a huge draw, you know, um, at home. But um, uh, and also, uh, some people asked about, uh, you know, what what's the chance we could say for Lamina, uh, but he won't be in the team, and there won't be any fans there because it's uh, it's at Fulham and they're in London. And uh, if in case you missed the memo, Christmas is canceled. Um, so that so there we go. Um, yeah, I think I think unless you have uh, other thoughts, Jay, I think we're I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, I said I've, London's in the worst possible scenario, so yeah, I mean, they'll be sitting at home. So. It, well, they're or in the worst possible scenario unless yeah. you're Portsmouth, and then that is the worst possible scenario because you're still Portsmouth and yeah, in the same I'm, tier. <laughs> Portsmouth, for Portsmouth. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, t- no tears for them. Just uh, high tears. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> Also, yeah. uh, I just want to give a shout out to one of the patrons of the show, Justin Woodward. Um, 35 years ago today, the day that we're recording on Sunday, uh, his first Saints match. So, uh, Justin, thanks for supporting the team uh, for all that all that time, and then also for supporting the show and being uh, a great part of the conversation. Hopefully, uh, you'll get back to enjoying uh, the football all around you uh, very soon. But of course, the uh, all the restrictions are, are kind of ruining that for 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 you, and I apologize. I, I wish I had some control over it, but obviously I don't. Um, well, I've got one more thing actually. I was yeah. just going to add. I was just going to say I'd, 
Also, I know some of your people that listen and follow my page. I was just going to say I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. And obviously, thanks for the support from you. And obviously, anyone that follows me that follows me too. And obviously, yeah, I just want to say thank you. I mean, it's been a crap year and I hope 2021 is much better. And just, yeah, thanks to everyone for supporting me and obviously you as well. So, yeah, I thought I would just add that bit in. That's all right. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. I and mean, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and uh, happy holidays and, and everything. But I, you know, there are a lot of different holidays that people celebrate. So I, I hope that the time with your family hopefully is 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 there for you to enjoy. And it's not um, it's definitely different. Um, obviously, we've been through Thanksgiving here in the states, and it was it was very different. And this Christmas for us will be, you know, there won't be any family. It'll be basically, you know. I think the, the, the people that are in our kind of bubble, uh, my brother, uh, his wife, his kids are here. Obviously you can probably hear them in the background. Um, and my mom and that's, that's it. And, and so we will see them. Uh, everybody else will be on zoom, which, you know, as a teacher, i I thought I was done zooming for the, for the break, but I, apparently we have more zoom calls to do, so that'll be all right. And, you know, I, I think just try to probably, I'll probably actually enjoy it. I'll sleep more. Um, I'll get to watch saints and actually be able to remember what happens versus the, uh, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I hope everybody takes care and, and enjoys their time and, um, you know, Merry Christmas to you and, and congratulations on the page. Um, you know, I know this year has been rough for, for that in particular. And, you know, I, I'm just glad that you're, you're still doing it and I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, finding some success with it and actually enjoying it, which I think is the most important thing because, um, as much as we've talked kind of off uh, record and all that stuff. It's been, you know, this time when you're isolated from people can be really, really difficult. And sometimes things that we used to enjoy, we don't enjoy. And it's tough to know whether to, to stick with it or to go to just drop it. And, and so we've talked about that a lot and I'm just glad that you are enjoying it, uh, right now. And, and in everything that's going on, that it is a source of, you know, something that you can, you can enjoy and kind of invest yourself in. And so, so yeah, so just, you know, enjoy it. Merry Christmas. And, um, I'm actually looking forward to taking like a slight recording break and all that stuff over the next couple of weeks and just kind of, uh, focusing on, on family, which hopefully you get to do as well. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much. Like I said, all support for everyone's been great. Also you, especially since, uh, obviously talked about my page and, and I said another, I said, I think it's only going to get better and all the people that comment every day and it helps me out a lot and I, I didn't see any reason stop all that so yeah so basically for me thanks and obviously i hope everyone keeps safe and, and obviously all the government i know obviously i'm not here to do that but follow everyone follow all the rules as much as you can and stay safe yeah but don't, you don't have to listen to me though so don't worry about that <laughs> no nobody <laughs> listens to me anyway it's fine um <laughs> obviously not the kids as i told them several times to be quiet and they're still uh you know doing whatever but um anyway um, I think it's time for breakfast, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do that. And um, Jay, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to having you uh, back on the sc- uh, back on the screen, back on the show again in the future. And um, <laughs> thanks for everything, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks again. And that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Jay Grant of the Southampton page. If you don't already follow the Southampton page, you can do so on Twitter at Southampton page. It will keep you up to date with all the things going on around the Southampton football club. Uh, And I have to thank Jay again for all the support he's given the show and helping grow the show and spread the show uh, to so many of you. So thank you to Jay and thanks to you for listening. Next week, we will have a total recall episode out with Dean Hammond. Uh, that is done in conjunction with the Saints Archive. And if you would like to learn more about the Saints Archive, please follow the links in the show notes. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, join the Facebook community. Uh, you may run into former players in the chat. Uh, you can have conversations with them. They'll answer your questions. And that's what we're going to do with Dean Hammond on next week's Total Recall episode. To make sure you don't miss that, please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen. All the links are available at SouthamptonDelivery.com. And if you're using a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It really does help new people find out about the show. I'd like to also take a second to thank Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for doing the logo for the show. And all music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. 
The intro song is Epic Song by Box Hat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Potterton Bear. As I mentioned, next week we'll be back with a total recall episode, but until then, enjoy your Christmas, enjoy your holiday, and as with the city result, just try to make the best of the situation we have, even though it's not what any of us would actually want. That does it for this week. Newsletter out on Friday. Subscribe to that at SouthamptonDelivery.com. And uh, until next time, remember that together, we march on. Girls, please be quiet. Yes, Dad, I'm sorry. And then they'll be loud again in two seconds, which is what kids do. And I'll f***ing rage. Um, anyway, <laughs> I can't rage quit parenting, can I? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not something you can do. Um, <laughs>